I hope you had a good sleep and the bugs didn't bug you too much, okay? So I had a wonderful sleep and, um, and, uh, and the bugs didn't appear until the morning. It's crazy. Uh, the idea of today and tomorrow morning, if you're with us, I'll do a little bit of teaching. And tonight I'll do a bit of preaching. So you can sleep tonight whilst talking. But this morning and tomorrow morning you can't sleep because I'm going to ask you questions and we're going to help each other, right? Otherwise, it's going to be pretty boring, okay? So bless you. Um, So the concept that we're running with throughout uh, this uh, entire uh, time we've got together is looking really at the basics of Christianity. It's looking at the four acts of drama uh, that represent the, the story uh, of Christianity. For some of you, it's going to be very, very easy. It's just reinforcing stuff that, you, that you've um, you accumulated information over the years. I hope God, by His Spirit, will trigger it. How many of us know, sometimes we have a lot of information, but it doesn't translate into application. It doesn't transform our hearts because we've got it. We can spit it out. We can impress people with what we know. But we're hoping that the Spirit of God would convict us, encourage us, whisper His affections in our hearts so that we could live this out. So uh, um, I want to do a little bit of a revision. So before I ask you questions, I'm going to get this uh, board. If somebody, hey, Freddie, can you please get me this board, man? I hope I can write in either Arabic or English, whatever I can come up with. Uh, uh, but uh, I'm joking. I'm not going to write in Arabic. Uh, but um, just before I, I ask you to help me revise last night, would you just try to remember what is one thing that stood out to you? It might not be a summary. It might be something God brought into your mind, something that I didn't mention. But what stood out to you uh, last night? What stood out to you uh, last night before I ask you what we talked about? Absolutely, it's quality of holiness. What else? Relational. Relational, absolutely. Relational. It's a relational view. We're the image of God because we relate to God. What else? Because we have a lot of alert information when we talk at you. So I'm trying to do a little bit of education, make sure that we remember at least something about what God is saying. Yeah. Anything else? So functional view, yeah, where there's a role that we play, we represent God. Okay, throughout the Bible, and I tell you this because it's, it's hard to comprehend because we talk about it all the time that it feels like it's second nature. The Bible never defines the image of God. Never. You'll never get a chapter that says, this is the image of God, adhere to it. But has four passages or four categories of of scripture that mention the concept of the image of God. Even though never actually theologians define for us what the image of God, but the scripture doesn't actually define it. It just gives us passages, clusters, you know, the great clusters. This is the passage from the Old Testament. This is a passage in the New Testament. But they categorize four areas. And they are the four dramas. They exactly the history the eternal history from beginning to end. If you only want to remember four things about the history from beginning to end, you need to remember those four clusters. Amazing, they're the four clusters that mention the idea of being the image of God. Can anybody remember the four areas? I'm testing you, aren't I? You hate this, but uh, it will be helpful, hopefully. Yeah? Sanctification. Yes! So there is the sanctification bit here. Sanctification. 
patient and that's our uh, lifetime becoming being renewed onto the image of God that's what we do for for this entire life that you're living if you're a Christian if you're a genuine follower of Jesus your entire life your lifetime is called sanctification it's the process of becoming that image it's the process that's all what it is so there's a lot of scriptures particularly in 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 it speaks again in Colossians chapter 3 it speaks about it in Ephesians chapter 4 that we're being renewed into the image of our creator okay what else okay well there's only one person who was awake yesterday incarnation okay that's where Jesus is came as the exact image of God. Alright? But what was the first one? Oh, come on. I was talking. Come on, Steve. That creation. Yes. So, we were created into the image of God. So, that's our past. That's the original of the movie. Right? Jesus came in Act 2, which we're going to talk about, and changed the mess that happened here. Then throughout our life, the Holy Spirit makes us into the image. Then the final act. What is the final act? Glorification. Absolutely. That's the end. Glorification. Um, and the final act is like the screening of the movie, where everything God originated in the script was, Hey! celebration I'll show you what it was meant to be and we get transformed into that original script says wow was that what we meant to live on earth we did it but with imperfection and we did all of that because Jesus enables us to live that life here on earth and he's the one that transforms us into glorification this is the story of Christianity Close your eyes and tell me those four words. The first word about the image of God, of clusters about the image of God. We were first huh, created into the image of God. Let's say that together. Created into the image of God. Come on, that half of you are asleep. I don't function with a sleepy audience, okay? I, I'm loud. You don't want me to get louder. But the first thing that you need to know about the, uh, the image of God that we were... Created in the image of God. Let's say one more. We were created in the image of God. We messed it up. We stuffed it up. Then close your eyes. Don't look. Then Jesus, what did he do? He came. Uh, people are scared to say. Incarnated. Right? Jesus was what? Incarnated. One more time. And that showed us what the image of God is. Is right, and then whilst we're here on earth, we get sanctified. We get sanctified, that means we become what we were meant to be. And when Jesus returns, we will be what we were meant to be. Does that make sense? Creation, incarnation, sanctification, glorification. So, today we're gonna look at this incarnation, but before doing that, you mentioned it already, David and uh, Freddie. What is the purpose? What's from God's perspective? You don't have to. You don't have to subscribe to His purpose. You might say, "Stop this! I don't want. I don't. I, it's not my job here to tell you what your life purpose should be. That's not my job. But I, I want to tell you that you need to stop. And I don't know if you slept last night, then I didn't do my my job very well. If you didn't think about what your life purpose, if you're not oriented around the life purpose, and you know why you're going for that life purpose. If, if, you, if you're just, you know, so, okay, that's, that's the way I'm going. That's, that's what it was meant to be. I'm going to go ahead with it anyway. If you didn't stop to reflect whether your desire is leading you to where you want to end up, then I didn't do my job well. It should keep you up at night. For at least once or twice until you actually get it. Say, yes, I'm confident, I'm not presuming that this is happiness. I'm not presuming, I'm not imagining, I'm not just because somebody's made it seem like this is going to be the ultimate enjoyment. I know that this is good. 
unless you come to that point, you're going to be living life in hope. Imagining that that's the good life. That's the ultimate life. However, the purpose that God has for you, and you don't have to take it on board, was threefold. So Genesis account, the Genesis account, basically is the first thing is about our purpose. Or His desired purpose for us. And it was three, uh, three simple words, they all ours, so you, you don't forget them. What are they? What did, what's God's purpose for you? What does He want you to desire? To do what? Three things. We mentioned yesterday. First one? To relate to God. Absolutely. God wants you to desire. What's your name? Lydia. Oh, sorry, Lydia. I thought it was the person who invited me. Lydia. I'm not sure. Uh, relate. God doesn't want you to re- you know, you can relate to me. You don't know me, okay? So you might, or you, you see me th- th- downstairs or you, somebody else you don't know very well, uh, having a, you know, a meal, and you just, out of kindness, you come and say hello. You're obligated to say hello and, and whatever. But there is some, if, if we have somebody that you, long time, Bessra, I was talking to Sarah early on, she went to Egypt for two years, and she said to me, her best friend was in a particular suburb where she stayed. She went there for one month. She stuck around for two years. Why? Because she had her best friend and other Obviously, good stuff happening down there. But you desire to be around these people. Nobody obligated you to stick around for two years. And that's exactly what God wants. God doesn't want to, oh man, I'm just going to be kind to this man. God, God, God is good, you know. I'm going to be, oh, I'm just going to relate to him. It's like, wow. Imagine if you do that with your girlfriend or boyfriend. or You know, I just want to be nice to you. I'll be kind, you know. I don't really enjoy that. We'll get out for dinner. Okay, like, that's fine, that's fine. Look, I don't want to be rude. Look, we'll go, I'm going to do the right thing by you, uh, you know. And, and, and if I have to, I'll talk. I'll talk to you. Okay. Well, and we'll have a conversation. I'm going to learn a couple of questions so that we can ask you. It's like this. Stuff this, man. You can stick at home. Enjoy yourself. Watch Netflix. Do, do Uno or whatever you want to do. Play chess. But don't come with me if you're not even if you're obligated. And that's what we do with God. God doesn't want an obligate. It's not do the right thing. It's not the right thing. It's the desirable thing. Can you see the difference? Doing the, I'm going to relate to God. I've got to do the right thing. Now, he is not interested in that. Would you be interested in your friend that's trying to do the right thing for you? John? Huh? Just, oh, I'll, I'll get out. And just, just to be comfortable. Stop this, man. If you don't want, don't come. Alright? God would he wouldn't say start this, but maybe he would. Uh, in Greek or Hebrew, I don't know. I, I will figure out what the word stuff this means. But uh, the second thing God wants you to desire that drives you, drives your action. Imagine that. You're you're like if you if you want to date somebody, I, I I'm 48, so I, I can't I'm I'm not interested. This is a long time ago. So but I imagine when I was trying to date somebody, it's like you you try and you enter a classroom or something and you, you try to enter in a little bit late to check where the person you want to date is sitting and you just sit a little bit not too close so that you're not too you know obvious but enough in their peripheral so you can get a little bit of God wants that God wants that bit that it drives your action you enter into a room thinking about how do I relate to him how do I enjoy his company you know I have a really awesome relationship with God. This is not, I haven't even started the message, Daniel. But you know, you're probably not going to do much work, man. Um, I have a very beautiful relationship with my dad. You know, I go out of my way to speak to him at times, even when I'm busy. Man, I desire to talk to the God. I really admire him. I really love his company. I love joking around him over the phone. You know, we have a long-distance relationship because I've been away from him since I was 18 years of age, right? So the idea is God wants that desire that forms what you do, that shapes your actions. He doesn't want you to feel obligated. The second thing that God wants you to desire, what is the second thing we'll say this? Yeah, who said that? Huh? Thank you, Ari. Reflect. He wants you to desire to reflect his qualities. A basketballers here? Any basketballers? Okay, you all 
Good. Okay. Any any sport here or just all studious people, right? That's right. Every time I talk to someone, they're either an engineer and I apologize to all the engineers. <laughs> I've had a big stupid uh, comment here saying, I love engineers, I don't love engineers. <laughs> that's, that's a political correct one. Um, but you're all studious. Anybody into sport people here? Any, what, what sport are we in? Soccer. Other than so, oh, good. soccer. <laughs> okay, Dave. Imagine you, you have the capacity, I, I think. Just use basketball, it's okay. Oh, no, basketball. <laughs> All right. You have the capacity to play like to reflect the best qualities of the best player. It's like, no, no, I'm going to stick around with my game. Idiot. You, 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 you can have the opportunity to play like Ronaldo or Messi. No, no, I'm going to be Peter. Whoa, nobody gives a hoot about your capacity. <laughs> you think you're too good for school. Peter, you're a loser. You've got, you, 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 your knee doesn't even turn. But if you're Ronaldo, you're going you're to reflect something beautiful everyone wants to see. Sue! Right? <laughs> you're reflecting something beautiful. That's what happens. If, if that's what God wants you to desire. You see, you have the capacity to reflect something adorable. You know, Jesus, I want to tell you something about Jesus. If you had a chance to connect with someone, female, male, whatever they might be, that resembles anything about Jesus, you're going to fall in love. He's kind, yet assertive. He's humble, yet incredibly secure. He's wise, yet He's humble enough to listen to others. What a freak of nature. Well, wouldn't you want to be like that? He's selfless, yet fully gets his way. He dies, yet he saves the world. But that's a, wouldn't you want to be like that? What else you want to be? Like, what's so good about you and me? That, nah, 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 I'm going to live my life. I'm going to reflect my qualities. What type of quality? Gee, look, did you look in the mirror last? Because his qualities and my qualities, his qualities and your qualities are eternities apart. But you can reflect. That's what he wants you to desire. He doesn't want you to do it on your own. You can't. But he just wants you to desire it. You know, I remember my son looked, and thankfully he's not here. When, when he was young, he used to uh, follow Richmond. For some stupid reason, I convinced him to leave Richmond just before they started to succeed. So I, I live with that here. But uh, he, he, he used to uh, wear those things, you know, what do you call these things? That, that, um, at the, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah, but those little things, there's a guy that played for Richmond, used to wear them. His name is Rich Richardson or something. But this guy was a forward, and Luke was always trying to, you know, act like him. But... The crazy thing is this guy in front of goal used to be so bad. He always missed. So you know what Luke was intentionally doing? To be like this guy? Misses the goal. That's how much he was trying to imitate him. Alright? When you reflect Christ, it's the best possible option for life. You desire. The last thing, he wants you to desire to do what? The last one. Somebody said Fred said it before. Represent. <laughs> That's the functional view. That to play his role, to play his role in creation. You know, God, I, 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 I read this to you. God is not a powerful God. He's not saying, I want to be the uno, I want to be the top notch. I don't want this, you know, those creatures. Yeah. I want to be the number one. Hmm. Supreme. It's not like that. So I want to share power with them. I want to be my representative. I want to delegate authority to them. He wants you to desire that. He wants you to treat creation and people in the same way that you would. It's not, here I come. No. Here I come. How can I help That's what he wants you to whether you're an engineer, or a dentist, or a physio, or a doctor, or a teacher, or an IT, or a user, whatever it might be, he wants you to be the type of person that enters into a good place. How can I be full authority and full servant? 
that I'm coming with capability. You don't want to be a loser of a dentist, all right, and ruin people's root canals. That will be bad, right? He wants you to be so competent, but such a servant heart that people smell Jesus. His authority and humility. Selfless humility. That's the, the purposes that we talked about yesterday, right? You're not going to forget that, honey. Because if you do, I'm going to ask you tomorrow morning. <laughs> you can sleep tonight, I'm not going to ask you. But tomorrow morning, I'm going to be asking you. So don't, don't forget. Okay, I've lost this already. Oh, here. Okay, so let's, um, let's see what happened. Because this wonderful people that represented us. Uh, here we go. Adam and Eve who represented humanity, they had to make a decision of which purpose that they're going to do. So let's, let's go to the next slide. And so let's, let's uh, move this one. Daniel says, so our movie has two possibilities. We either have a desired script. This is what we want to be. The certain type of people we want to be. Or we have God's design script. And in Genesis chapter 3, we realize our human forefathers, our foreparents, they ignored God's design script, right? They, they let go of that. They said, yeah, yeah, we get you. You want us to reflect God. We want, you want us to desire to um, represent your rulership. Yeah, we understand. You want us to relate to you harmoniously, but we're not interested. We have an own script. We want to be somebody. I want to be myself. So what happened as a result of that? Let's go to the next one. Look at the repercussions. Because every decision, remember, little choices, large consequences. Look at their choice to find something else more desirable. It says, then the eyes of both of them were opened. And they realized that I forgot to put my alarm. Oh my goodness, where is my phone? Um, just bear with me a second, otherwise I'm going to talk for it. The eyes of both of them were open. They realized they were naked. So they sewed fig, fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Okay. So what happened? They desired being a particular type of people. They thought that's the ultimate dream, man. We're going to have an awesome life as a result of choosing this desirable uh, uh, fruit of the tree. Guess what? As soon as that happened... It's a, whoa, I've got a new perspective now. And what is that perspective? The only thing they saw is naked. What do you think naked means? Like, just try to help me out here. What could, what could, we don't know 100%, but what could, could it mean that they saw themselves naked? Obviously, they have been naked beforehand, but what is the difference thing about this? They felt ashamed? Yeah. It's like, when you feel exposed, right? What's your name? Fed. Fed. Fatty and Freddy, okay. Fatty. Um, uh, you know, they felt self-conscious. And they felt ashamed. They were naked. But all of a sudden they felt, oh man, self-conscious. It's like, I'm self-absorbed. It's like, oh, what do I look like? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. But they felt ashamed. You feel naked when you feel exposed. Okay? So what did they do? Like what me and you always do. When we make a decision and it doesn't work out the way we hoped it would work out, we find an alternative solution. Ah, don't worry, God. I'm going to up. Oh, man, I know those fig leaves. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to. You're going to resolve the mess with another mess. How many people can think that the fig, uh, fig leaves can last, you know, forever? Well, that the sun is going to get out. It's going to get dry and you're going to look like an idiot. Not only that you're wearing leaves, but you're wearing dry leaves. It's like a stupid. Alright? So what happened is we try to alternate the plot with another twist. 
So we go from one twist to another. So you have chosen your own desired outcome. And once you start doing it, you realize, oh man, this dumb thing happened as a result of that choice. Oh, these other dumb things happened as a result of that. Okay, I'm going to fix that with that. It's almost like that butterfly um, uh, movie that I talked to you about yesterday. That he tries to fix something, something else ruined. So he goes back and Tom tries to fix something else, something else ruined. That's what we do throughout our lives. Okay, I've tried this thing. I've tried this particular thing to make me happy. It's not working. I'm going to try to do this. It makes me even sad. And I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to get into this particular relationship. I'm going to get into this particular group. I'm going to get into this particular business. And you just go around in circles. You're trying to bring about a solution through a stupid alternative option. Let's go to the next one. Look at what happened to them. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? What, what do you think of that? What do you think of that consequence? What is it doing? What, what is the consequence uh, from your perspective? What stands out to you? Sorry? Separation. Separation. Exactly. Look, it's written that the Lord walking in the garden or the cool of the day, that word in, 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 in the original language actually means as it was his customary. Like as it was his habit. God used to have a, a what do you call it, like a, a, um, a walk around the beach with them. It was around the garden. And like, hey, you know, this is the time where we walk around together. Now he's coming. They're running for their lives. It's not God is running out of their way because they stuffed up. They're running out of his way because they stuffed up. So they had a separation that is self-imposed, right? They now, what was supposed to be their desire? And what's the first one? To relate. What are they doing? To retreat. They desire to retreat instead of relate. And that's what happens. Every time you choose your own script, you're trying to find a way that is alternative from God's script for your life. What happens next? The image was damaged. It's not capable of mirroring God's character. It's not capable of living that purpose that God has for them. So what do we do now? How can I play the character of God? How can I act the character of God if I don't have the capabilities anymore? How can I act like God now when I don't have that connection that enables me to have His qualities? Because remember, a mirror must have the object to reflect that. You can't, you can't be a mirror that reflects an image if you're not in, you know, in, in proximity, if you're not in connection, if you're not facing that mirror, right? So if you remove the, the object from you, you are the mirror, you, you will reflect you. You're not going to reflect the other object. So how can we do it? Well, the good news is at the end of Act 1, which is, you know, Acts, uh, which is Genesis chapter 3, the first drama, the creation drama, we get a glimpse of what God has in mind to allow us to act like God, to act His character. So look at what it says. Uh, thank you, Daniel. I missed you, man. He used to do this back in the days. Like before I ask, he answers. You're, you're, you're acting like God now. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and hers. Look at offspring. It's supposedly to be many. But it says he. He. It's a male. The offspring is now taken into one person. It says he will crush your head. And you will struggle. This is the curse section. Like it's the gloomy part of ending act one in the drama. And, and like we stuffed it so bad that we're so damaged. But God says, I've got a glimmer of hope for you. I will send someone who will restore the mess that you have created. Who's the he? Anyone? There's not much guesses there. It's only, the, the answer is always he. You know, for the little kids. Oh, anything is... Jesus, it's Jesus, right? So every answer to every question is Jesus, even if it's lollipop. But He will crush your head. It's Jesus. He's already been prophesied and promised. The promised Savior is going to restore the mess you idiots did in the garden. 
Alright, so here we go. Next one is a, is a little more um, a, a emphasis on that. That we get, he get, gives them a garment of skin. How do you get a garment of skin, by the way? You, you, you guys are so knowledgeable. I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking you how to suck eggs. But what, what do you reckon God had to do in order to get a garment of skin? They kill an animal. Which is a representation of the sacrifice that had to happen for them to be well covered. You want, you've made a mess, man. Don't get me fig leaves. I'm going to give you proper covering. The covering has some poor innocent animal had to die for your mess. Somebody had to pay the consequences. Right? The animal had to pay in a sign that Jesus had to be sacrificed. For our mess to be restored. And then we're enabled to experience the tree of life. The tree of life is the divine life of God. The tree of life gives eternal life. It's the divine life of God. Through which we are sustained. Through which we live. Right? So we have access to that. So I'm going to uh, today focus in the, in the time I have. And this phone, um, you might have to do it for me so I can... Just see the time. Uh, let's go to the next slide. I'm going to show you how we are enabled to um, live this. Okay, we talked about that it's going to be about incarnation. And we're going to talk about our potential today. So let me show you. So it's almost like I want to use the metaphor of filming. That we are now enabled to be able to uh, act the film out. And that happened at Calvary. So if the script was written. Thank you so much, Michelle. If the script was written. In, in, in Eden, now the script can be shot on Calvary. That's when we're enabled to live the life that we were meant to live out. So, uh, in Jesus, the first thing that Jesus did is we see human likeness to God as it was intended to be. The first thing you learn about Jesus, that he reveals the God likeness. Because have you, if, if you've never seen how somebody acts uh, or, or lives, how do you act their life out? You needed to see an embodiment of that God-likeness, and that God-likeness is revealed in Jesus. So let's look at Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to see a few things about Jesus. Who He is, what has He done, who He is to the church. And we're going to discover together two things that Jesus did for us. It says, the Son, which is Jesus. Is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and in him. The first thing you need to know that is the image of the invisible God. So, if I tell you what does electricity look like, how can you describe it? I don't know physics, so you might have a way to describe it. I'm going to sound so dumb. But how, how do you describe electricity to somebody that is as dumb as me? It's like, look at this cord. That's not really electricity, is it? It's the thing that shows you what electricity is. It's, it's, it's not, you can't touch electricity. You've got to be gone. I, I think you'll be gone. But you can see its manifestation inside in a globe, in a machine that works. You see its effect, you see its manifestation, but you can't touch it and feel it. You know, I, I love this watch. It's been 10 to 10 since I started. It's amazing. Um, every preacher needs a watch, a clock like this. The image, this is what Jesus is. Jesus revealed God. He was the image that reveals something that's invisible. He's the globe that reveals the invisible electricity. He's the exact representation in Hebrews chapter 1. So we see in Hebrews chapter 1 and see in, 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 in John chapter 14. We see in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, and obviously here in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. We see that Jesus is the image of God or the icon of God. Which is the representation of who God is. 100% what God is. And we see that. Uh, and why is that important? Because if you do not see who God is, how can you live that character out? If you're in the image of someone you don't know, how do you live that out? So when you look at Jesus, say, ah, that's what God is. That's one way. And another thing is, that's who I am. You know, we always think about this part. That's who God is. Jesus is awesome. Have you considered that you're the same? He's by nature. You're by grace. 
You're like God by grace. You can't be by yourself. Look at me, I'm wise. <laughs> that by grace, you like Him. By grace, you smell like Him. You look like Him. You feel like Him. You impress like Him. You influence like Him. It's a freaky thing. When you look at Jesus, you look at you. Have you ever wondered why Peter ever asked Jesus to walk on water? Have you ever, ever thought of that? It's like, this is the dumbest thing of a fisherman to do. A fisherman is not like me, suburban guy doesn't know that you can't walk on water. He knows water is dangerous. And, and Jesus comes and says, if you're the son, if you're truly you, ask me to walk on water. Like that? Have you passed great prep? You can't walk on water. Why? Simple. He looked at Jesus. That's my mirror. I see myself in him. If he can do it, I, so can I. You need to look at Jesus and say, that's my mirror. Because if he's the image of God, and I'm the image of God, by grace I do what he does. That's why Jesus says in John, he says, and greater works than these you will do. And we say, oh yeah, great, great. You know, I, I can, I can you know, multiply the fish. And I, man, don't, don't be so hungry. It's the bigger than that. It's the qualities of God that you have the capacity to live out. It's the role of God that you were expected to live out. You know, Jesus says, Abba, Father, in his prayer, then in Romans chapter 8, it tells us that by the Spirit we can cry, Abba, Father. Exact same word is used of Jesus' relationship with the Father. Is the exact word that you can use in your relationship with the Father. If that doesn't freak you out, I don't know what will. God treats Jesus and Jesus treats Jesus and God treats Jesus and Jesus treats God in the same way that He wants you to treat God. He calls Him Abba Father. You too can call Him Abba Father because He's your mirror. You're bigger and better than you could ever comprehend. If you're insecure, it's because you haven't looked in the mirror of Jesus recently. Let's move on. He's the head of the body. That means... You're growing up under that leadership. He's the new head of creation. He's a new race. Adam was the, the, the first Adam that made you as a human race messed up and scarred and, and distorted and marred. But Jesus is the new head of that race that makes you like him. Just like you were like Adam, messed up in Jesus. You could live the life that is not messed up like God. Did. Okay, let's move quickly through that. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him. That means the fullness of deity dwells in Jesus by nature. Okay, are you willing to be freaked out? In, 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 in Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 3, and Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 3, and verses 18, 19, and 20, Paul prays, that you will reach the fullness of God. In Ephesians chapter 4, he says that you grow to maturity to the stature of the fullness of Christ. Have you ever measured yourself when you were young? Hopefully you're not doing that anymore. If you're self-conscious, please forgive me. But uh, you know, that's the measure. You put the meter on the wall. One of my kids, a desperate young kid, is trying to grow. So every few days he puts the, the meter on the wall, the, 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 the measure, and, and, and checks where his head is. It's like, mate, you haven't grown in two days. You just sweat two months. You, you might grow in two months. But that's the measure. That's the fullness of Christ. And Paul wants you to reach to the heights of the stature of Christ. If Christ is, is six meter height, he wants you to be like that. It's a freaky. That's freaky. He wants you to play the role, that character of God with the same capacities as Jesus. But not by nature, you're not like Him. By grace, you're like Him. It's because of Him you can be like Him. That's why we're the images of God. But then He does something else. He reconciles us to Himself. All things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, are making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Let's go to the next bit. It says... For you were alienated from God, you were enemies. But now, 
He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present, to present you holy in His sight with that blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out to you in the gospel. Okay. I want to ask you, what's the gospel? Just from this passage there, what does it mean, this, this type of stuff? What did Jesus do that we call the gospel? You, you, you can't act that you don't know. You guys know very well. So don't be anxious about sharing the time with everybody. What's the gospel that Paul is talking about here? Sorry? Good news. The good news. Yeah, what is What's the good news? What is the good? What's good about Sarah? Salvation. Salvation. Yeah, what, what does it mean in this, in this particular passage there? What is he referring to? Read it again. It says you were alienated and he did something. Reconciled. What? Sorry? Reconciled. Reconciled. What does that mean, Shay? Paying the debt that kept us apart. Yeah. So, so we're apart like my sister there in the back said. What's your name? Lydia. Lydia. Like Lydia said, separated. Then Jesus came and bridged that gap. So we're no longer... When you're no longer separated, you're what? If people are, you know, when you say people, they separated, the partner separated. What does it mean not to be separated? To be what? United. United. United to so much extent that you're almost one. Right? That's, that's what it really means. So he did that by his, the blood of his cross, the physical death. What did the physical death of Jesus do? Reconcile us? So what, what are some of the implications? Of Jesus reconciling us. This is this is your bread and butter. You guys are so good at this. Saved us from the wrath of God. Save us from the wrath of God. He paid that penalty to save us. Beautiful day. What else? Freed us from the chains. Freed us from the chains so that, 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 that there is power in us not to live under that slavery to the dominion of sin. You see. Most of the time, we think of Jesus' cross as salvation that means it's a transaction between us and God. We give Him our sin. What does He give us? Righteousness. Righteousness. He, and, and most of the time, we think we give, him, we give Him our sin. He gives us forgiveness. Right? It's a transactional idea of the gospel. I'm going to be controversial. And say to you, that's an incomplete gospel. I don't care how many churches you've heard of it. Jesus didn't just die to forgive you your sin. And I hope that's helpful for you today. I'm going to prove it to you and we're finished. Jesus didn't die simply to forgive your sin. He did better than that. Jesus didn't die to enact a transaction with you. He came to change your existence. I want you to just look at this um, next one, uh, I think, Daniel. I want you to have a look at this for just a moment. Read it to yourself. I don't know what your theological convictions might be, but I bet if you take this seriously, it has the capacity and the potential to transform your Christian life, I promise you. If you've ever received Jesus as the person that saves you from your sin, and then you lived life struggling to find the energy and the motivation to live out what you received, it's because of this correct but Partial truth about the gospel. The gospel, friends, and he, I, I, I don't have to be with you. I'm just telling you that out of the bottom of my heart, but that's my number one conviction in the Christian faith. Number, I'm not kidding you. My number one conviction in the Christian faith that Jesus didn't die simply to have a transaction of sin to forgiveness. 
That's like an insurance policy. You pay the policy, you're safe. That's disgusting. Because the problem wasn't simply separation alone. Because what are the purposes? The purpose is to reflect God. The purpose is to relate to God. The purpose is to represent God. So you fix the relationship by having a connection. So what about the other two? How do you reflect God? How do you represent God? You don't have the capacity. You just can't do it. Right? So the idea is salvation is about union. Salvation is not merely about a transaction. Salvation is about union. That you are united with a divine DNA. Let me prove it to you. Galatians 2.20, look at what Paul says. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. Okay, Paul, you weren't even a Christian when Jesus went on the cross. So what are you, you delusional? You were with Jesus on the cross, you've been crucified with Jesus? No, 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 no. I was united with Jesus, spiritually speaking. When he was, when he was on the cross, I was in his spiritual DNA. So like Abraham, in Abraham, his grandson paid tithe. That's in, in Genesis. So in, in, in Jesus, I was there. I was there united to him. I was there. He didn't do it just merely on my behalf. I was united to him. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer what? Please say that with me. I no longer? Okay, you're, 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 you're half asleep. I no longer? But Christ lives in me. That's the union. That's true salvation. Salvation is that Jesus doesn't do something externally to you and say, see you later, I'll see you in heaven. Good luck. Be a good boy. Be a good girl. Okay? okay. And come whenever you can. I'd love to see you. You know, he's not a grandma, granddad. With the lollies at Easter, he wants to be united to you and to me continually. But I tell you, Without that union, you can't possibly live the Christian life. Because you're doing it from your own abilities and strength. But your own abilities and strength have been marked. Your capacities have been flawed. So you're using a, a, a computer, the hard drive is already stuffed. Well, you can, you can manipulate the software, but the hard drive is stupid. It's no good. But Jesus comes to change the hard drive. That's why, remember this verse. Uh, oh, you're right. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1, it says that we are partakers of divine nature. We are partakers in divine nature. That's why before it says, that's why we have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Because we're partakers of that. If, if you're going to live a, a life that is pertains to everything that's godly, you need to have the capabilities. And the capabilities only come because you're united to the capable one. You're united to the capable one. You have something that no one other human apart from union to Christ can ever have. Look at what um, Paul says. He says, I have become its servant by commission. That's the gospel. God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. But now it's disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery. Something that's beyond your comprehension is too good to be true. What is that mystery? What is that thing that's so good to be true? Which is Christ in you. The mystery is not that Christ gave you something. The mystery of the gospel is that Christ is in you. We all say, receive Christ. You know, we say that to the people that don't know Jesus. Receive Christ. What does it mean to receive Christ? I realize at the end that when people say receive Christ, they're just talking about receiving some assertions and beliefs. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. La, 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 la. Okay, that's great. You're receiving information that doesn't change your life. You need to receive a person. John 1.12, as many as received who? Him. Not things about Him. So you've already received Him. And when you received Him, the Holy Spirit regenerated you. Means gave you a new hard drive. He gave you new capabilities. The problem is that we don't see it in the mirror. That's why in 2 Corinthians, I'm going to finish now. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says that with unveiled face, we behold as in a mirror. 
the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we behold in a mirror, when we look in a mirror, we see the glory of the Lord. And when we see the glory of the Lord, we get transformed into that exact image. What image are you talking about? The glory of the Lord. Which is the glory of the Lord? That's Christ. That's the attributes of God. So when I look in a mirror, I see the attributes of Christ and I'll become like Christ. So what does the mirror mean? The mirror is not looking at Christ on the outside. That will be a window. As we see in a window, we see the glory of the Lord. We see the attributes of God in Christ. Man, he didn't say in a window. He said in a mirror. We see in a mirror. What, what happens when you see in a mirror? Most people, when they see in a the mirror, they see who? That's not a trick question. Because God is smart. It doesn't need a physical equation for that. Right? When you see in a mirror, what do you see? So when you see the glory of the Lord, where is the glory of the Lord? Don't be too scared. It's not a heresy. It's the word of God. He says, when you see in a mirror, you have the attributes of the Lord. You guys looking as if like I'm a, I'm a crazy human being. It's, like, it's the word of God. You believe it when we say to you, oh, you know, you give Jesus your sins, He gives you forgiveness. It sounds very pragmatic and very logical. But I'm saying to you, the scripture says that when you see on the inside of you, you see the glory of the Lord. You see the divine nature, the attributes of God already deposited in you. So how come they're not appearing? Because they're in potentiality. A little kid is a human being. A little infant is a, but still wets their nap. Uh, they're not human yet until they toilet train. Where you come from? Israel? Well, they're human beings. They just wear their nappy. They potentially, they everything, they don't need to go to the butcher and get, you know, several parts to help them out to become a human being. They're already human beings. They're just a little version of the human being. They need to actualize the humanity. They need to crawl. Oh man, I'm so hard. I'm going to have to crawl. Oh man, I'm going to fall. No, I'm going to sit down. I'm not going to fall. I, I, I'm just going to walk by osmosis. No. You have the capacity to walk. You just need to do it. You need to express it gradually. You have the capacity to image God. Now listen to me. Honestly, I'm serious. You have the capacity to reflect God because Jesus is on the inside of you. That means He's given you divine nature and new hardware. Your hardware is stuffed from Genesis chapter 3. You're living in a sequel with a hardware that's stuffed. You, you, every time you look in the mirror, you look at that. I can't be godly. I can't be holy. I can't be pure. I can't be self-controlled. I can't enjoy God's company. I can't love the believers wholeheartedly. I can't influence the world. Why? You look at Adam. You look in the Adam mirror. Stop that mirror. You have a new mirror. The mirror is Jesus. You look at yourself. My goodness, I can laugh selflessly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But, but I can't. Well, crawl. Crawl first. Then begin to walk. But believing that you have the capacity. Imagine your kid. Like my kid. I've got three kids. They, they say, I have the capacity to fly. And they're flying from the roof of the house. It's like, you're an idiot. Oh, they're going to have a chance. They're going to be dead by then. But the reality is, if you don't have the capacity on the inside of you, you're not going to try it. But if you know that you have the capacity to walk, you will walk. If you know that you have the capacity to speak, it's like, that's still human language. Okay? It's coming. You have the capacity to speak. You have the capacity to think, some of us at least. You know, how you have the capacity to, to, to have fun and be creative and all, all those things. You have the capacity, but do something about it. But if you don't see it in the mirror, you're not going to try it. So I want to tell you something about you. Inside of you, you might not see it. You have a capacity to be intimate with God. Buddies, walk him in the cool of the day. To call him Abba. To love on him. To enjoy his company. Can you believe that? You can enjoy him more than your hobbies. You can enjoy him more than your studies. Well, that's not too hard. You can enjoy him more than your interactions with best of friends. You already have that. I can't feel it, Pip. You're crawl. It's not gonna happen. You're not gonna run a marathon when you're an infant. Just crawl. But believe you've got the capacity. I want to tell you, you have the capacity to love believers. They get on my nerves. Yes, crawl. They annoy. Yes, crawl. But you have the capacity. You have the. 
capacity to be a portion of integrity and purity and self-control and persevere. I can't persevere. No, you can't. You have the same abilities Jesus has. He endured the cross. That means you can endure anything. You have the capacity. You just look in the wrong mirror. You look in the broken mirror. You see the wrong person. You have two people on the inside of you and you focus on the idiot of you and you're saying, why I can't see the beauty? Oh, of course, you look in the wrong mirror. Yeah, have you ever been to Queensland when they have the, what is that thing that have the different mirrors in Queensland? You know, those places you go to, believe it or not, or whatever they call it, I can't remember. There's those little shops and you go in there and you're a little, a little kid and you look so big. Imagine you, you, you're a little kid and you, in the mirror you look so big, so when you're walking out of the shop, you, 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 know, you, you lower your head. No, 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 it's alright. You, you're, you're hardly you know, crawling. Don't worry about the roof. You're not going to hear You're still living with that illusion from the mirror. That's, that's what you're doing with Adam. You're looking in the mirror of Adam and you're living life in the negative. Now look at the true mirror that shows you're a person of integrity. You're a person of selfless love. You're a person that people love his company and her company. You're a person of wisdom and influence. When you see yourself differently, you will be transformed into the same image. So how do we do that? Well, tonight I'll talk to you about it. Let me pray. Let's get the team up. Father, I pray over my brothers and sisters that they would see themselves in your mirror. He didn't come, live a perfect life, and die and rise again so that we could still look at ourselves in the mirror of Adam. You want us to see ourselves in your mirror. You want us to see our capabilities, divine capabilities. We have everything that portrays the life and godliness. We already have it. We don't have to work hard at it. We just need to express it. So I pray in the matchless name of Jesus that they will get that salvation is a union with Almighty God. That they have divine nature on the inside of them. And they walk in consistency and in alignment with what they have in the inside of them. That they know they already have everything that they need to live and to act the life of God in the world. Thank you, Jesus, that you were in the only movie that displays God. But now because of you, we have the potentiality. We have the ability to walk around and people smell you in us. That, that people see your actions in us. And they, they say, oh my goodness, I can't believe that they can live like that. So Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. That we have everything on the inside of us that we need to represent you, to reflect you, and to relate to you. We adore you. Bless my brothers and sisters. Encourage their heart and help them to have an amazing day today. Fun and games and, and hanging around and having coffees and, and, and um, yeah, just, just help them to have fun and make them know your goodness, your favor upon them, that you smile on them, that you're not angry with them, that you're not sympathetic towards them, that you actually delight in them. Someone needs to hear that today. I want to tell you. One, one person here, I don't know who it is, but just I had that sense as I was praying. Somebody thinks that God is doing them a favor to have a relationship with them. Like he's empathizing, he's like doing his best. He's not obligated, he enjoys your company. He loves you, he loves you deeply. Like a friend would love another. Just see yourself close to God. You've got the DNA of connecting intimately with your Heavenly Father. He deeply, 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 deeply enjoys your company. And the lights over you is singing. Like, he's just, he's, he's doing a, you know, a dance, a zuba dance. A, you know, jumping around saying, I enjoy your company. You're precious in my sight and I have loved you. You're not an obligation on my diary. You're front and center. I know your flaws, but that's the wrong way. Oh, I want you to see yourself in a new light the way I see you. Precious in my sight, washed by the blood, cleansed, righteous, adored. Hallelujah. Lord, we accept your favor. I accept your goodness. We don't deserve it, but we accept that we are precious. Precious in your sight. We are blessed with every heavenly blessing. We're secure. We're valuable. We have everything that we need to live the life that you call us to live. 
may be called to something big that God is asking you to do for him. But he doesn't want you to do it in your own strength. He's saying you're capable. You're capable in me. You're capable of me to reflect me. To reflect me. To influence on my behalf. Come, come Holy Spirit. Anoint your people. Let them enjoy you like they never have before. Come Holy Spirit, I pray. Jesus.